I am unashamed. What about you? So yesterday, for the first time, I guess ever, we went hunting in the afternoon, but the fog was so thick. I would say visibility was about 30 yards. And so we took a couple guys that you took the day before, Phil, and uh, it was me and Jay. So I hear this strange sound because the fog would lift and then it would come back, lift, it would come out. One time it lifted where visibility was, was maybe 200 yards. Was the guy evil eye? Was that the one you took? Yeah. <laughs> Which only <laughs> Phil could nickname someone. The, the guy has one has eye. one eye. Functional eye. I didn't nickname him. <laughs> I heard Stone say, he referred to him as <clears throat> evil eye. <laughs> And so I, Stone nicknamed him evil. And I, I noticed the guy didn't, he didn't say, what are you talking about? No, we, do you know we discussed this in the blind? Oh, did yesterday? you? With, with EY? Yeah. Because I don't know his name. Les. Well, I didn't know his I name either. I, I said, said what was your I name? I he was a good dude because he owns a gun store. And he oh, he's, we, all of our guns we well, bought. Well, Phil, I mean, you're, <laughs> okay, here's, I'll just tell you the conversation. I'll get back to the fog and the once in a lifetime occurrence, but. Well, I so, didn't know it was them. I just had to say because I was laughing about this very same thing about no, this we nickname. Talked, okay. it, it came up okay. yesterday because it got real awkward. Because he <laughs> said, "I said, now what's your name again?" Because we had taken him hunting, and I can't remember anybody's name. I'm better than Phil, where I don't, you know, <laughs> the grandkids come myself. up to Phil, and he's like, "Now which one are you?" I mean, that's that's not good. <clears throat> so he said, "Well, I guess I'm known as Evil Eye." <laughs> I said. Really? Well, the reason I thought Phil nicknamed it because he said, that's what Phil calls me. Yeah. I said, and he had a son there. And I said, well, what, what's your name? And he said, well, he's Evil Eye's son. <laughs> or he, he said, I think his son exact of quote was Evil Eye's boy. <laughs> evil Eye boy. What? And he said, here's the funny part. I said, well, I'm sorry about that. You know, he said, well, here's what I was funny. He said, the man... Nicknames us Evil Eye and Evil Eye's boy. And he preaches Jesus to us the whole time. And he said, So I'm thinking, this is weird. <laughs> we laugh. <laughs> he's a so, great dude, too. I'm so glad that he's not taking offense. You know, most people feel, and, you know, something like that, it's probably better to err on the side of. <laughs> but he didn't seem offended. He came back and, uh, you know, it was, I mean, we're people. laughing just because Phil has a way of doing things <laughs> that you shouldn't do, <laughs> and it people it doesn't seem to offend them. Well, no, it's so. almost like a badge of honor to get a nickname, especially one that sticks. And so, I, I think, think I could come up with something better than the word evil. <laughs> I, I only called him. Stone said, "I got evil eye going with me," and I said something to the effect, "Who is that?" He said, "The guy that owns the gun store." And he basically said that's what his name was. So I thought. You went with it. You just went with it. But he was here last year. I went with it because Stone mentioned his name in front of him, and he he paid attention. Mm -hmm. So I said, well, I guess. I feel like I've stumbled back into talking to my teenage kids when they said, well, look, everybody said they were were going. And I I mean, it seemed like it was happening that way. Like, are you going to run with the herd, or are you going to say. 
So was anyway, a, it was a, in my case, it was a term of endearment. Yeah. Because uh, I think he takes he, it that way. He told me how he lost the eye. Somehow he, he lost it, you know, and I've already forgotten how, how he lost the eye. But he, well, you know, it's funny, Dad, because he's a gunman. And so we and found a very good one. Oh, oh it's outstanding. And you, I didn't think about it till I was watching him in action the other night at the house. So the our pool guy finds a a bullet, a bullet had been shot by our pool. Just that, a hole. No, no, the, the, the actual, actual bullet. I the saw actual, the bullet. The bullet. Jay showed it to him. Yeah, so so you're like how does a bullet wind up by your pool? Well, so my first thought was the guy that shot up our neighbor. That's what I thought. And but I but it, it may be. So well, it was the same caliber. We show it to Evil Eye to identify what it is because and he was always definitely been shot, you know. But while I was watching him in action, and it reminded me of Jack Elam in that movie. Remember, because Jack Elam had a kind of a wild eye. Yep. And so you know when he would look when he looked down the barrel of that gun, you remember how he had to. <laughs> now see, know. I like wild eye. I don't. I don't like oh, the wild word eye evil. We'll good. go with wild eye. Yeah, evil is not a term of endearment <laughs> yeah. ever. Yeah, when, right, there's right. evil spiritual. We're doing battle against the spiritual force. <laughs> Feels like no, that's a term. Can of you endearment. Re, can you re nickname? Is that is that doable? We've never done that. Before. Let's do it right here. Okay. That was, wild that eye. That was that got awkward. But he didn't. He didn't mind at all. So, so I could tell him that the story, and then we could call him Wallace. So anyway, so while he's look, because he's only got the one eye, so he has to really get at an angle to look at stuff. And I just thought, for a gun guy, bullets and all that, it's pretty amazing that he's as good as he is with only one. That's true. I mean, he's really learned. So yeah, he came up. He thought it was a. He said a forty caliber, is what he thought. Which I think the guy that shot the neighborhood was a three eighty. Oh, well, I thought it was three eighty. Well, I was off. It wasn't a three. But Jack Elam in that movie, that was a. Uh... That was, wasn't that once that upon was a once, time? Once upon a time in, in the West. West. But you know what he was looking for? It's the, the opening scene. The fly, scene. right? Yeah. That's, I would say. Describe that scene because a lot of the audience didn't watch top, it. Did the good, did the once upon a time, is it once upon a time in the once West? Upon once upon a time in the West. Did that make my top ten list? Well, it should oh, have. It had to, it should have. Just because it's, it's a real slow movie, but the first scene, I would say, is the greatest opener of any western, and uh, it's a good one. I would it, agree. It, it's good because then, I mean, I don't want to ruin the movie for you, but I am. If you haven't seen it in fifty years, you missed. You know, you deserve to have it ruined. <laughs> but when he come up there to Bronson, he said, "Bronson said, did you bring a horse for me?" Because they were and meeting I, him at the train station. Yeah, he said, "Well, <laughs> looks like we're shy of one horse." <laughs> He said, you brought two too many. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. But right before so that, Elam, Elam was playing with the fly. One guy had his hat, and the water was dripping on it. What was the other guy doing? Popping his knuckles. Oh, yeah. Po- <laughs> he had a knuckle popper, water dripping three, on the it's hat. It's three hit men that are waiting on Charles yeah. Bronson. And the fly was, and he had, Jack Elam had that gun barrel. Zzzz. He finally caught it. Well, he put his finger over the end, and he got up there. And of course, he's only got one. Well, he's got one wild eye. Yeah, one yeah. wild eye. And he he's looking, he's looking in that gun barrel, and he he couldn't see him because it's a dark hole cylinder he's looking in. So he put his finger back over it because I was thinking, what would I do there? And I thought I would shake it, and then he shook it. And it, and he kind of smiled and sat back like, yeah, because they were saying subconsciously we got the trap set. That's why I really like that scene. 
So back to the blind. We hear the sound that I've heard before because I hunted sandhill cranes in West Texas. And they the sound that they make is like that. Yeah. Well, I hear that. And I said, I think I just heard a sandhill crane. And Jay said, sandhill cranes are nowhere near this area. I said, I realize that. I've been hunting down here my whole life. I've never seen one. I said, but I just heard one. Well, we looked up, and through the fog, here comes a sandhill crane. Lost and confused. Because the fog, he was lost. Yep. So and I hear they're great eating, right? Phenomenal. Yeah. Now, I wasn't sure of the regulations <laughs> of Louisiana and, and of course, Jay you can said, hunt them in Texas. Jay said, oh, yeah, you, you can hunt them. Jay you said, let them. me look it up. I said, I don't want to know. I said, but I wasn't going to shoot him. But we started mimicking the sound because he was lost. So me and Jay started, this went on for 10 minutes. <laughs> well, I forgot about our guests because he kept circling. Oh, he was, of course, we don't have Sandhill decoys. But we had a conversation with a lost sandhill crane. (laughs) But then it dawned on me after he finally left. When I looked at those two fellas, their their mouths were a little open, and they were like, these guys are nuts. (laughs) After 10 minutes of, because Jay would like kind of harmonize with me. Like, <laughs> it was kind of embarrassing. We had just had the evil eye conversation. Tandem, tandem bird calling. <laughs> <laughs> and you hope you're you hope you're you're not doing pigeon or you know dove. You and know, no, I get, knew that's what they sounded. And they like. wonder why we do it. It was so fun. I mean, I, my wife, she was like, "Did y'all get them today?" I said, "Nope." But look, we called a sandhill crane in a fog for ten minutes. She went great. <laughs> But the reason I'm telling you that that story is, but it made me realize because that that crane was the definition of lost. Yeah. By not a little, by mile hundreds of. He was well. Because my wife said that same fog was that way in Austin, Texas, and here we are in Louisiana. I mean, this joker got in the fog and literally. Has left the state yeah. <laughs> and is looking around like I hear We've some seen and listening a to you too through the years. Yeah, of sand hills. We've well, well real high, but not. Yeah. He was like almost hunting a home. He was hunting home, which I, which geese do the same thing, right? The lost goose. That well, you know, oh, yeah. you know what's crazy is about twenty minutes later, three snow geese came, but we don't have snow geese right, right in this area, right. so we start. We have a saying here. If, if if you have, if you hear geese in the background, meaning you're hunting ducks and you know you're calling up, but if you hear geese in the background, blue snow, speckle bellies, sandhill cranes, and such, you hear that in the background. It's a good day. That's usually a well, good sign. It means it's a flight day. In this case, it was just the fog was thick. Yeah. yeah. But I was gonna say, it, it made me think about the human condition, and where here we are in the Book of Acts. You know, Peter and all the apostles went through the process of being a witness to the Son of God, Jesus. And their process was like ours. You think, at first, we're born and we're safe. Yep. And we believe that we're made by God, in the image of God, innocent. 
and have quite a few verses to support that. Yep. And then we reach an age, no exact age, but it's usually, what would you say, 12, 13, 14? Yeah, right, around, right around puberty. puberty. Depending on your area that you're, you're at, probably in the inner cities, the age is younger. Is yeah. younger. And you go from safe to lost. And it made me think just that lost of how, you know, life is, is it can be foggy. And, and you, you, you get off away from the herd yep. and, and bad things start happening. And then in our case, we're introduced to Jesus. And I thought of Peter where he surrenders. You know, with us, we, we've talked about baptism being more of a surrender. You, you're introduced to Jesus, you surrender, and then, it, you know, you receive God's Spirit and you're saved, but at some point you have this stand-up moment. Because we mentioned that Peter's stand-up moment was 2.14, when he stood up and addressed the crowd. And actually, I would say a precursor to that stand-up moment was the stand-up in Acts 1 among his own Brothers. You're right. You're, I mean, you're right. You know what I'm saying? I mean, right. you're right. I, the public moment was in, in Acts 2. but Maybe private Acts 1 or yeah. with the confrontation with Jesus himself. Well, we right. don't have that opportunity where he's just looking at you saying, well, do you love me? But he does spiritually. I mean, you, everybody has to ask themselves that question. You know, in John 21 when he said, do you love me? That's what it's going to come down to. You can go to church your whole life. You can listen to worship songs. You can read your Bible. you got to ask yourself a question. Do you love do you love Jesus? Do you, do you love him? You surrender to him. You want to take a break? Yeah, I want to take a break. So I figured out why this is our longest running company that has been our longest us. running sponsor. Let's take three of the hairiest men on the planet <laughs> and say, "Hey, you want to keep your hair? <laughs> Keeps. <laughs> Look at these guys. Yeah, <laughs> apparently it's, it's got. It has, must be something with bandanas and beanies. I would like to been in that meeting. About seventy-five years old. Look at <laughs> all of his hair he's got. Yeah. yeah. So Jason is, of course, talking about. If you're a longtime listener to Unashamed, you know that Keeps uh, has been with us from the beginning, and it is interesting that it's a lot of hairy men. So basically, what they're trying to do is, if you're losing your hair. Their product helps you keep as much of it as you can. And once it's gone, it's gone. There's nothing they can do about it. So if you're losing your hair and these guys can help you keep it, you may want to give them a look. You basically go to keeps.com slash door. That's K-E-E-P-S dot com slash door. You get 50% off your first order uh, for their hair loss treatment. So it's keeps.com slash door. Save some money. Hang on to your hair. And then... You know, you surrender to him, and then you start this process of God speaking through you, right. acting through you, like we're in, in the book of Acts. But what made me realize, I just thought, well, why, why is Peter, because every time you go through every chapter of the book of Acts from Acts 2 on, and you mentioned this in a previous podcast, the same scenario takes place, right. the same process. Now, there's a lot of bells and whistles behind here. And this was a moment where you had the gifts of the Holy Spirit being distributed to help their message. So there were all kind of contexts, but it's the same thing. So I want to go Peter, back to your, Peter was sharing with lost people. I want to go back to your illustration <laughs> and enhance it a little bit more. About, I love the idea about the fog because the, the problem with the bird was, or birds, is they can't see. 
Can't see. They can't see to find their people. And I think it's exactly what isolation does, which this whole idea we've been talking about in Acts 1 and 2 you know, the disciples were, were hunkered down, scattered at the end. You know, they all scattered like quail. And, you know, remember two of them are off on the road to Emmaus, and they don't know what to do. I mean, when that when Jesus died, they were literally, they were like, what do we do? I mean, you know, mm-hmm. what's going to happen? He comes back, he clears the way, their minds, and he breathed the Holy Spirit. And all of a sudden they're like, we got to get together and get this thing started. So I love the analogy of the idea that that's, what, that's why you need community. So right. in Acts chapter 2, when those first people are together, because you can see more clearly, because the Bible tells us over and over. Here, the critical point is, I mentioned to Jade this morning, yesterday somewhere during the lesson, I just wrote down 1 Corinthians 13, love is patient, love is kind, you know, <clears throat> love never fails, you know. I was just mentioning that. But I made the the overall sermon, the arching of everything else, now, Jay's brought up the other day that there's not many scriptures in the book of Acts that deal with love. I mean, almost. As in almost, zero. Almost, it's not mentioned. Almost, almost yeah. none. I said <laughs> yeah. none. So when you look at that, you say, so how does that work? You have, it's called the book of Acts, and we've established the Acts of God. But when Jesus said, for God, he didn't say, for God loved the world. And he gave his own. He said he so loved the world, which is more than just I care about you, but I really don't really don't have a deep love for you because you've all made mistakes. And you, but he said he so loved the world. Yeah, I made the when Phil said that in the blind today. I said Phil, that's that is an excellent point. Yeah, because so could be defined as I'm willing to go to whatever depths. And this is so strong. So my so my point is in the book of Acts. Although if you don't have a background and know who Jesus is, it's already been established by Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John that we just finished up. That he said, "I'm going to die. I'm going to be buried and raised from the dead. I'm I'm going all the way with this thing because I love you so much." Well, in the book of Acts, they're pointing all these people. To the one God so loved the world, he sent Jesus. So they keep pointing them to Jesus. So they'll say, that's what love is. You you, you get see the point? Well, Phil, that's what I was going to say this. I think a lot of it is. I mean, to be slaughtered for the human race because because of his love for them. You're like, whew. I I think a lot of this is about maturity. When the church first began, it takes time for Christians to grow, us included. Think back to when you came to Christ, bumpy. bumpy. You didn't have the understanding, as you do now, I that love it, is the driving force. I call it the zigzag course. I'd go this way, back, up, up, up trying to keep, come back, go yeah, zigzag, and a lot of zags coming back, and, and, and it, it just took a while before that course became a stable walk. But Phil, I think this is universal. I think most people, when they come to Christ, this is my opinion, but I, I know a lot. They come to Christ because they don't want to go to hell. Which is, look, if you think about it, okay. That's, a pretty that, 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 that's not a bad reason. It's not a bad reason, but it's not the reason God chose. When you think of verses like Romans 12, in view of God's 
mercy, offer yourselves as a living sacrifice. For the, the grace of God has appeared to all men. Grace teaches us to say no. I mean, it it's a love, so love, grace-motivated response, but that takes time well, it's like, and maturity. <clears throat> it's the old Mac Owen line. Mac used to say, Jesus loves you where you are. Of course, he's dealing with a lot of people with drug problems and all this. He said, but too much to leave you there. And I, I love that qualifier because he's right. I mean, you know, God loves everybody. He doesn't want anyone to perish, you know, First yep. Peter. I want to read this passage, Dad, because I thought about this when you said this a minute ago. This is from uh, Ephesians 3, talking about the love of Jesus. And you were talking about, Jace, how it has no bound. Paul put it this way in, in verse 17. And I pray that you, being rooted and established in love, that's the timing, may have power together with all the saints to grasp how wide, how long, how high and how deep is the love of Christ. And to know mm-hmm. this love that surpasses knowledge that you may be filled to the measure of all the fullness of God. Mm-hmm. See, it's, it's directional love, there, you, it's not too far away, you're not too high, you're not too low. I mean, it, it's always there. That's why we're single-focused in sharing Jesus. If someone falls in love with Jesus because of his love for them, I'm not worried about them. I'm not worried about their specific issues in life, because I figure if they fall for Jesus in love, they're going to figure out the way to respond, the way to mature. Right. So that, I, and I, I, I sense that happening in Acts, because no matter what the situation, no matter what the circumstance, or what the the people they're talking to, whether they're religious or lost or lost again, or right. even the saved. It's the same message. It is back to Jesus and what he did and that, what, what he is doing and what he will do. The, that plus, here's John the Apostle, uh, years after he witnessed the resurrection of Jesus. Dear friends, let us love one another. This is First John 4, 7. For love comes from God. Everyone who loves has been born of God. Now watch how he does this, John the Apostle. Everyone born, uh, love, everyone who loves has been born of God and knows God. Whoever does not love does not know God because God is love. This is how God showed his love among us. Now we're going to get to the soul of the world. He sent his one and only son into the world that we might live through him. This is love. Not that we love God, but that he loved us and sent his son which we're on the book of Acts, the yeah. Acts, the Acts of Jesus, to show that He loves us. He's the author of love. Uh, he sent His Son as an atoning sacrifice for our sins. Therefore, He keeps talking about that, but that's just the gist of it. He goes back. John does on the book of Acts. Everybody's pointing to Jesus because God so loved the world. He's the one that did the dirty work right. to save the human race. Right. Well, that's what He went through in Acts three. I mean, we we read it last time, but in 15, he said, you killed the author of life. I mean, who's his audience? These were just onlookers. They did a miracle. The people were onlooking, so I'm sure it was every kind of group that you could think of back in that day. And then he's like, you killed the author of life. God raised him from the dead. We're witnesses. And then he gets to 19. He says, repent, turn to God so that your sins may be wiped out, which is a logical reason. Plus, think to about come it. to God. 
think about it. Up until that point, there was no Savior. Jesus is coming. Up to this point, none of this has happened. Well, right. it's just taken place. Well, if you go around and say, well, how come that he didn't talk about love to them? They didn't know what love was. You start talking to the human race who know nothing about Jesus. Then and now, start talking to them about love, and they'll, you'll get the strangest looks you've ever seen in your life. They have no idea what love is because they don't know Jesus. Right. Well, this is a world, all of them, that were like that without Jesus. Mm-hmm. You just imagine, you start talking about love. They, oh, yeah, yeah, well, love you, love you. Love, love, love your brother no matter what he does, and love your brother if he's mean to you, and love your enemies. Is that what y'all think? You you really believe that? Well, remember for the first that won't work for the first ten years. Ten years. I mean, we we're just right here at the first few days. Yeah, we're going to go ten years when this. The only people they're talking to are fellow Israelites. Yeah. Which you don't have a lot of love messaging, and you go back and look uh, in the Old Testament. You see how much love they don't have <laughs> right. when you start saying, just wipe the dust off your feet and we'll go to the Gentiles. Because, y'all, everywhere we go, they were beating the fire out of him. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Well, exactly. And I think that's the whole thing. The, the early apostles, who were Jews themselves and are speaking to fellow Jews, their whole messaging was about convincing them that this really happened. And they all died trying to get them, the human race, right. to love God and love their neighbor, they all died except right. John. Yeah. Right. But I That's think, a pretty hard sale. I, I think you ought to remember the <laughs> fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness. So they had just the spirit, gotten it. The Spirit just showed up. That's you right. can't. That's why people who say, well, look, I'm going to get my life right, and I'm going to start loving people and being sacrificial, and then I'm going to come to Jesus. Well, it's not going to work. Let's take a quick break. These qualities that that allow you to be godly, they they come from and through the Spirit as you walk with yeah. the Lord. That that's how this works. And everybody has different kind of hearts. And to go back to the to the Sandhill Crane analogy, that was exciting. I mean, when you're so lost and desperate, when you just look at what he was about to do. He's now in a different state where there's no sandhill cranes, to my knowledge, in habitation here. Oh, I think you'll agree with that. They do not winter here. Zero. He's now considering, right over here on the Washtenaw River, (laughs) going into a field with water. They prefer dry ground. I've never seen. I mean, I'm sure they come up there and drink some water, but he's actually considering coming into a place where there are armed humans (laughs) With duck decoys. Jace ain't getting off that sand hill crane. <laughs> it had an impact on I'm, it. I'm just saying, <clears throat> when you come to humans, when you get off track and you say, what happened? Well, what happened? You see someone just go down a downward spiral and you look up and it's a drug overdose or they wind up in prison or happens every day, every minute. Yep. You say, what happened? They were lost. Yep. And plus, you need to remember, remember what Jesus said. John was baptizing by the thousand, telling them they need to repent for the kingdom was near. He was pointing to Jesus that that's the one that will save the world. When Jesus over here in John uh, verse 7, remember we covered this, if a man's thirsty, let him come to me and drink. They're pointing people to Jesus. Whoever believes in me, as the scripture says, streams of living water will flow from within him. By this he meant the spirit whom those who believed in him were later to receive. 
go to the book of Acts. Uh, up to that time, the Spirit had not been given, not with John's baptism, but when they ran up on the ones, Acts 17 or to 19 there, they ran up on the ones who had John's baptism. They baptized them again. But the bottom line is, the Spirit had not been given since Jesus had not yet been glorified. So I'm back on the point that once Jesus was glorified and he, he, he just descends into the heavens, that's when the action began to happen, Al. That's well, right. he says it in, in <clears throat> chapter 3 of verse, when he's, you know, we're, the context of what we've been reading in verse 21, he said he must remain in heaven until the time comes time comes for God to restore everything. Of course, then he continued, and he brings back up the resurrection again in the last verse when he said, when God raised up his servant, he sent him first to you to bless you by turning each of you from your wicked ways. So he introduced Jesus. I mean, they did a miracle. The onlookers were introduced to Jesus. And then in chapter 4, which is what happens? You'd think, well, that's awesome that before you go Peter there, did that. before you go there, Jess, I wanted to because what you just said in the moment because we're looking at it two thousand years later, we understood why he went back because we understand what's been written about it. But what he said in that moment to this audience that was a that was a news flash oh, because because it was a shocker. <laughs> it was breaking news because what happens is they've spent their whole lives thinking the Messiah would come here, oh, establish yeah. the earthly kingdom, yeah. and then be here from then on. Yeah. And Israel would rule the world. And some of them would be the big dogs. Exactly. And guess what? We got Americans <laughs> thinking the same That's thing. That's right. Yeah. Oh, when are we going to take over the world? And they they missed the point. <laughs> the what way, we're in on is way bigger. Think bigger. They use the word superpower because if you're a superpower, then you get to rule the world. So when he said he must remain in heaven until the time comes to come back, they had never heard this before. No. Mm-hmm. That this changed their whole view yep. of the Messiah. They were still thinking earthly empires. That's right. Earthly empires, which I've already discussed that and showed you all earthly empire empires that there's ever been have risen and fallen. Right. Every one of them. And we're building this new kingdom because it started with three thousand from the last time. So will this, we this sermon and, and is what comes next in Acts four, which so is where if we're we a superpower, what does that make the Holy Spirit of God? Super duper. <laughs> <laughs> That's the only thing I can think of. I, I, I wonder think what the, the Greek I mean, word we're for talking super about, duper is. He's referred to Jace as imperishable seed. That's what I mean. If you're gonna so, be super, that you have to be able to either come back from the dead uh, fly without a spaceship, like Superman. Yeah, that's well. I mean, that's where they got the idea. It Im- was impossible for death to keep its hold on him, and the message of the Book of Acts said it'll be impossible for death to keep its hold on you. Well, once yeah. you get that, you're like, uh, we've just gone by what any kind of earthly empire can give me. They mm-hmm. can't get. They can't take away my sin. One and two. They they can't raise me from the dead. No, right. that that's which, by the way, league. to your point, Jace, you always make about not super enough. about movies and characters. So wow. Superman, Superman us. is Jesus because yeah. think about it. He's not from this earth. Oh, I've used this. In a, he in comes a, in as a child. He grows up among us. He could fly. He can fly. You can't kill him. <laughs> this spawned <laughs> every look. You got Superman, Batman, Superman Spider-Man. is Jesus. They all have special powers, and you know, and then they'll look at me as a Christian. And they'll say, oh. 
<clears throat> that's so weak. Yeah. yeah. I'm like, weak? You got all your ideas, all of them, <laughs> from whom I'm following. The controlling of the atoms and, yep. and the molecules. He was a superhuman. And now you have hundreds of them that I'm supposed to go pay eight bucks. <laughs> I can read this for free. <laughs> well, yeah, now you got a Marvel's just gone over, but most of them are not from this realm. See, it's always that same thing. They're they always the have thing. to manipulate atoms and molecules to accomplish what they're accomplishing. Is my point? It's true. Which is what happened when he healed this. There's fellow. more leaps from skyscrapers than <laughs> they just jump and bail them you out. You can't kill them. You no, know you I mean? can't kill them. Yeah, you got to have. They all have one special thing yeah. that can kill him. <laughs> yeah. Well, guess what? Is another reason why I put my faith in trust. Basically, in Jesus. He women, don't have that thing. The women have taken over the, the power pool there, whatever. They, <laughs> now it's flying women. Hey, hey, hey. Yeah, Super Wonder, Wonder Woman. Woman. We got Wonder oh. Woman. We got, uh, who is the Captain Marvel? The one with the a, storms. Yeah. yeah. Uh, oh, that's the X-Men. That's the, or well, it should be X-Women, X-People. Some kind of beams are coming out of them now. They, 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 <laughs> they, they, they whipping everybody with the beams. I think we Laser should go, beams. Well, I think we should go back to Star Star Wars. I mean, at least you had to have an actual sword that would even like, if it was a saber, lightsaber. Well, yeah. yeah. Now you just have it. <laughs> you're just shooting out well, of your the body. The X Men, you're just born with it. <laughs> that's right. Well, you're a mutant. You have no, but that now that's interesting. Let's take another break. We talked about this before on the X Men side. They're saying they're doing it. There is a is a alter thing to God because. You were created with all these genetic mutations, and over time, then you could do all these. You can. But out, they're getting the concept from the book. Well, they are, but what I'm saying they want to do more. It's much more based in humanism as opposed to, I think, Superman. I think Superman was an analogy of. I would love to know who created it. I guess it's Marvel Comics. I have to research that. But why? I'm sure somebody in the audience. Here's what I'm saying. Why do you have a need for that? Because you need, because you need something bigger than yourself. Because we're lost, like a, like a sandhill sand crane <laughs> looking around, saying, we're "Back on the crane." Yeah. <laughs> he getting off that crane. Now it was, it's a good analogy because you don't want to be going down that road. Yeah. In life. That's right. Because look, how many people have you bumped into them say, "Oh, you're lost, and you're you you are going to hell. You're not going to make it." You have no hope. Well, most people say, oh, no, I'm good. So they've worked it out where I'm good. So that's why I brought up Sand Hill Crane. He thought he was good. We had a conversation. We're not even a bird. Physical death proves them wrong. You yeah. know, I, and everybody acts like they're not afraid of dying. Oh, don't give me that Jesus deal, you know, resurrection. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're like, man, this is this is big. This is big stuff. And you, you get to wondering because... Like a pandemic could come by, and, and you find out they're scared to death. Yeah, they are scared, literally, to death. Yeah, scared, afraid. Oh, we got to, we got to do this. We got to do that. They scrambling, hiding. You know, putting bandages over around their face, covering up. You know, they say we got to, we got to get get away from. Well, they're, they're afraid, and so this whole thing about well, I don't fear death and all that. I'm not worried about all the resurrection. We're like. Well, Phil, they give you a lot of hope, even in the face of pandemics, if you yeah. know there's a resurrection. And not, look, you not only notice that, but the ones who are the most fearful then want to push that fear on you. Yeah. What are you doing without a mask on? Somebody get this guy. He's, you know, I'm they, like, okay, I got one here. Let's see. 
Yeah, that's that that meets the standard right there. Well, yeah. my point is, is when he made this statement in verse twenty six, when God raised up his servant, he sent him first to you. Well, lo and behold, in chapter four, the priest and the captain of the temple guard and the Sadducees. Well, guess what? The Sadducees don't believe in resurrection. Said, oh, so your God raised him up. So watch what happens. They came up to Peter and John in chapter four while they were still speaking, and they were greatly disturbed because the apostles were teaching people and proclaiming in Jesus the resurrection of the dead. So they were disturbed, and then what comes next? They seized, seized. them. Seized. This is 2.0. Where does it go Same next? Thing they did with Jesus. Where do they go next? Going they the, put them in, the in jail, jail until the next day. Shut it down. <laughs> Which is my point about being That's lost why they're, they're, and not they're, knowing they're squeezed it. squeezing this little thing, this censorship thing. They say what we're discussing, the removal of sin. God's so loving us, he removed our sin, his son, so we, our sins could be forgiven and we could be raised from the dead. And they're like... That's hate speech. That's that's some kind of hate speech. Some guy's waving a Bible around down there. They don't like people about waving the Bible around. You're like, what about the resurrection of the day? So they just, these empires come, and they begin to, their view of God, it's, they don't want to hear it. They've been doing that ever since the Israelites mm-hmm. did it. Yes, sir. The Israelites, they would get on the right path, and God was right there with them. They'd turn back. They, they'd turn back. Never, never did get it together, and we, Jesus is, was right. Is, the temple did come down, which is one of the reasons why we keep telling our audience, "Look, stay focused on this, because if we get censored for this, we get censored for this. It's truth. But if we get off into the political ideologies too deep, it's easy for them to cancel you. That's it's right. much easier. That's it, right. It's much harder if you're just posting truth. We know this is absolute truth. Which is well, a- they locked them up and they started, you know, a prison ministry. Which, what's interesting <laughs> is Saturday. I got to tell you all this. So I, we killed the ducks. This is a couple of days ago because I'm not sure when this will air. But and so I was just fixed to take a nap, and I get a text from Tebow. He's like, "I'll be at your house in ten minutes." <laughs> so my first thought was, somebody has broken into my phone somehow because it just that just seemed too weird. And instead of saying, "Are you really him?" Is someone you know give this back to your dad or <laughs> you know? I just said, "Okay." <laughs> so I was like, "No, no." The reason I thought of this is when I saw this, they put him in jail because he and he came, him and his new wife. I met her; she's awesome. And Demi, I said, "Timmy and Demi." He's like, "Yep." <laughs> and so you're like. Yeah, there. I don't have many yuppie friends, but he he's one of them. And we started talking about when he had he had been with Jeff, you know, our brother, your other son, because he said I'm I'm gonna be down in Austin. He said, Jeff, I'm I'm speaking at a prison. Meet me here, kind of like he did yeah. with me. I'll be at your house in ten minutes. I didn't know what we fixed today. And so Jeff tells the story. He's like, so we go into this prison. And he's like, so Jeff did it. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. So. The they one go, thing, if you say we're going to speak somewhere, the one thing to scare the daylights out of Jeff Roberts well, well, is to say that. He said, Tim said, I'm going to speak down there. Just come with me. Yeah. And so <laughs> I know. So Tim gets up, you know, shares Jesus. He's in, 
strong and powerfully. And so as soon as he's finished, he said, yep, get him. That's just the way he said it. Jeff said, I was looking around like, whoa, whoa, whoa. I, I hadn't. So we were talking about it while we were, when he came over. and He, he was telling he, you he, he was telling me that story? Yeah. And he was saying, you know, at first he was a little nervous. And he, he's like, but the more the spirit got in control, the louder he got. And he just shared his, well, you know. Good job. Yeah. He impressed Evo. Hang on, let's take a quick break. But I I told y'all that to say I like I have nothing in common outside of Jesus with T Ball and and he was here at a camp uh, and he never even told me why but I'm positive that it either had something to do with helping kids or telling people about Jesus yeah. or he's or, a phenomenal person or both yep and uh and and we were he actually showed me a book that he had written and i thought oh this because he had written another book that i'd kind of endorsed it awesome but this was like a kid's book and i thought man the humility of that and i opened about i don't know four or five pages into it and i just read one quote and it was basically what we're saying it said you were made in the image of god uh, a wonderful masterpiece and it was lines like that and i thought great idea He's famous. He's used his platform to instill what we take for granted that here is, there is a God and, and you're made like, you know, a masterpiece. You don't have to go to some movie and try to figure out how to be a mutant to have any kind of <laughs> special powers. And he loves all of us so much. That's right. But he, he wrote a note on the book that he gave me. He's like, keep preaching Jesus no matter what. And... That kind of made me think of the no matter what, because here all these guys were doing, and we we know it's factually, the evidence here is incredible. They're sharing about living again, being raised from the dead, and they were literally, I mean, they weren't threatening anybody. No. They were like, change your life, do better. You yeah. You can do better. And they're literally put in jail for this? And you say, well, what could happen to us? I believe the same thing. Well, and to, and to Tebow, to the story about him, you know, when he was in the NFL, his celebration was dropped to a, his knee and thanked the Almighty. And he took a lot of heat about it. And, and he put little verses under his eyes. Guess what? Guess Can't what? do that Can't anymore. Can't do that. No Bible verses. But no you, Bible can, verses. You, can do a, you can do a social justice message all you want to. Yeah, you know, BLM, whatever, but no, no Bible verses. So I thought it was interesting that he basically, in his college career and in his pro career, was you know, in our culture, it's hard to call it persecution when you think about what's going on around the world. But mm -hmm. he was persecuted for that, which is so funny because you watch a, a guy in the NFL score a touchdown, and man, he can do some juking and jiving and dancing and jumping around, and a whole group of them, and that's all like, man, that's great. But yeah. you drop to that knee for the Almighty. It's like it was a it was a bad thing. Remember, I mean, yeah. when all that was happening. Well, I just wanted to make the point here that where he, you know, he is persecuted. We've been persecuted for simply loving people and at the level Jesus. you are in our culture. And we have to. I have to qualify that because people that are really being persecuted around the world. So what? Somebody well, don't right. like it, you know? Oh, well, that's right. But what I was going to say is, here's it. We he comes in. I meet his wife, and we start talking She's about ugly, right? We're talking about really ugly woman. She's beautiful inside <laughs> and out, and uh, you know she's from South Africa, 
and I didn't know that she's oh yeah she's very uh, she, has she, she has a little accent mm-hmm. and and so I mean and and I see what you know you know how you meet but we met a lot of famous people yep. and I would say most of the time your expectations were too high and you're disappointed <laughs> yeah, I'm just being true. honest it's true and it was the exact opposite with Tebow and his wife they were way better than I anticipated. I was like, now this, they're inspirational, and she's awesome. But I said, look, I said, I heard something I want to ask you about. I mean, we're like two minutes into the introduction. I said, I heard Africa has the world's largest bullfrogs. <laughs> she said, that's true. <laughs> I said, and you know this? <laughs> She said, "Well, that's, when that's I, why your stock was so high." I said, when I, she said, "When I was a kid and, and and teenager, she said we'd come into the house sometimes, and they would get in our house, and so we'd have to get them out." She's huge giants. I said, "So, so did you eat one?" She said, "No, <laughs> never ate one." But you're right there, there. I've seen them. I've, I've gotten out of the house. She missed a lot of good meals. Well, oh, that's what goodness. I said. But she said, "Look." The next time I go back, you're welcome to go with us and catch yeah. your frogs. You know, I've been there, Jay. I was there okay. for two weeks. I was in Cape Town, Durban, and Johannesburg. Yeah. But I never thought, I never heard that about the frogs. They're there. Now, so, I mean, they're. It's you- a beautiful country. You just can't believe how beautiful South Africa is. I mean, it's amazing. You got mountains, you got swamps, you got beaches. You yeah, got- back to our, our, our point right before this. Uh, on how these people in the book of Acts, these guys and gals, how they went forward with a message. Uh, and now they'll come along and say, well, you know, like you said, in other words, we talk about, you know, justice, justice in the name of justice. You can't have Bible verses under your eyes and a playing football. You can't put a couple of Bible texts right up under your eyes here. And, and uh, they said, well, you know, you know, we, we we want to be just with everybody. That's not so. What we ought always to thank God for you, brothers, the Thessalonians, Second Thessalonians one, because your faith is growing more and more. The love every one of you has for each other is increasing. Therefore, among God's churches, we boast about your perseverance, watch, and faith, and all the persecutions and trials you are enduring. Now watch this. All this is evidence if you're being mistreated when you're pointing people to Jesus. All this is evidence that God's judgment is right, and as a result, you will be counted worthy of the kingdom of God, which began in the book of Acts, for which you're suffering. Watch. God is just. You're, 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 you're working for the one and proclaiming the one who is the epitome of being just toward his fellow man. No favoritism. He'll pay back trouble to those who trouble you and give relief to you who are troubled and to us as well. You say, when's payback time for all these persecutions that the sons and daughters of God have gone through since Jesus showed up? This will happen when the Lord's and the prophets before him. This will happen, payback time, justice, when the Lord Jesus is revealed from heaven in blazing fire with his powerful angels. In the book of Acts, he just left. Here is his return. <laughs> yeah. Blazing fire, powerful. He will punish those who do not know God 
and the ones that were the perpetrating all the persecutions and the sufferings on, on the people of God. He will punish those who don't know God and who do not obey the gospel of our Lord Jesus. We're back in the book of Acts again. They'll be punished with everlasting destruction and shut out from the presence of the Lord from the majesty of his power on the day he comes back to be marveled at among all those who who have believed. And that includes you. This oh, is yeah. a different kind of marvel. Is that cool? That's or what? Captain Marvel. Yeah. <laughs> now that's that's going back to the Book <laughs> of Acts and looking at the roots of it, saying. Well, I want to read this last. I know we only have a minute. I want to read this last verse to go with what you said because look, they took them, they seized them, they were disturbed, they put them in jail. Yep. And then it says, but in verse four, I love this of yeah, Acts four. But even though this just happened, they took them to yep. jail. But many who heard the message believed and the number of men grew to about five thousand yesterday yesterday 2021 years since jesus came down in flesh came out of the virgin mary you say two thousand years later yesterday we proclaimed the message that peter proclaimed in the book of acts written behind me we pointed well some guy from florida come up there without the trip to jail a couple of dudes over there (laughs) Guess what? When they said, well, what do we do? What do we do? I said, repent, be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus. Three of them walked up there. Mm-hmm. Old sister, my buddy, my brother, he went up there. And they confessed Jesus as Lord in a pool of water. More added to the kingdom. More just added like the to other. the kingdom. You say, you wonder where they're going to end up. I said, I don't know. My job is not to worry about where everybody ends up. <laughs> nope. I'm just preaching. Well, as long the as they end up in heaven, I'm hey. fine. <laughs> well, that's why. If the, they outlaw that, Al. That's right. It's, well, you can outlaw it all you want to. The, the reason we coming. call this, I call this section we're doing the unstoppable adventure, is it's still unstoppable. That is correct. And it's still going on. So take that, unashamed nation, and keep going. I'm not shutting up about it, are you? Nope. Thanks for listening to the Unashamed Podcast. Help us out by rating us on iTunes. And don't miss an episode by subscribing on YouTube. And be sure to click that little bell to get notified about new episodes. And for even more content that you won't get anywhere else, subscribe to Blaze TV at blazetv.com slash unashamed.